1: Welcome, everyone, to the Benefits Executive Roundtable. I'm your host, Dorothy Koshu, and I'd like to welcome today's guests, Maggie Stead and Rosa Maria Marujo, both Medicare experts from the California Agents and Health Insurance Professionals Association. Welcome, ladies, and thank you for being here today.
2: Well, thank you, Dorothy. It's a delight to be with you and to share some ideas and what's happening for the Medicare agents for this upcoming annual enrollment period. Thank you so
3: much. We're so excited to share all of the new changes going on especially in our industry for Medicare. It's just one of the biggest changes I've seen. And, you know, every year we have updates, but this one seems to be a big one.
1: Yeah. That's why I wanted to have you guys on. So I want to start with a brief summary of the most important things that consumers and Medicare enrollees need to know for the Medicare open enrollment for 2022-2023. The open enrollment period is, as usual, October 15th through December 7th, so it's right around the corner. So I want to start off with asking you about some general information. Consumers need to be aware because this open enrollment period affects themselves or someone that they know. It could be a friend a parent, a coworker, themselves, or other people that they know. And the Medicare options that are available to Medicare enrollees is vitally important because it affects the type of coverage and the care that they're going to receive for 2023. As Medicare experts, what would you say are the most important things that consumers need to know to help their families, friends, and others that are 65 or older and eligible for Medicare?
2: Well, this is Maggie. I would say... One of the important things is this is the time that they can make changes, but it applies to the Medicare Advantage plans and to the standalone Part D plans. It does not affect their Medicare supplement plans. And this year more than ever, they have more choices, more plans, more options to look at. And so it's a great opportunity to look at the plans and see what's really going to fit their needs. And it's important that they don't listen to all these ridiculous ads that are on TV telling them they deserve this stuff because there's plans everywhere that have different benefits. And so they need to talk to a trusted advisor. That's us who are agents to really help them understand this information.
3: And I just, this is Rosemary. I'd like to share one other item. It's the prescription drug plans are going to change every year. With everything that's happening, a lot of these carriers are doing other benefits to implement better cost-sharing in other areas to support those drug costs. But also, we'll get into it later, there are some changes because of the laws that are going to impact those drug plans, which is important.
2: The other thing I'd like to add is, yes, your plan may be great. You may want to stay on that plan, but to Rosa Maria's point... We need to check the formularies because they can change from year to year, plus your drugs may have changed, and you need different coverages, different levels. So it is important that we take a look at your prescription drugs and the formulary for the plan you're on currently as well.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for that. And I understand that there are a lot of new rules, of course, related to you know the recordings of phone calls when agents are communicating with Medicare enrollees, and there's been a lot of talk about this. Can you walk us through those requirements?
3: Well, if you'd like, I can start, Maggie. Uh, we'll just start with first and foremost, the call recording requirement is now going to make us all as insurance agents selling Medicare TPMOs and meaning we are now going to be considered an entity that has to call record all conversations related to marketing sales enrollment processes. And this is new for 2022 starting October 1st. And we've been working diligently at Nahu, KHIP, and our local chapters to, you know, look at that definition. And define it according to what it really is which is you know mostly they need to look at the call centers uh, but inadvertently now we are also involved in that process and we will have to call record and it is going to affect consumers uh, clients are going to have to understand that we are going to ask for them to be recorded in order for us to continue the conversation so it is going to be
2: a learning curve for all parties uh, as we move forth. I think The important thing to remember, it's like the call recordings that are going on anytime you call a call service or anytime you call to say calls may be recorded for training purposes. So I think many of the consumers are used to it. And let me be frank, I think it's a layer of protection for the agent as well so that as long as you are very clear in following all the guidelines, with your prospect and with your clients on marketing, it is a good record to say what you have covered with the clients and how thoroughly you've done it. So don't look at this as a negative thing. I think you can also see this as a positive thing. It's another layer of protection for the agent and the consumer. It's just a new thing we have to learn and get used to doing it.
1: Yeah, and we all know that people sometimes just don't like change regardless of whether it's good or whether it's bad. Uh, I understand that some agents aren't exactly following the rules. Can you tell us what you've seen and heard and provide us with some clarifications that agents need to be aware of or what the Medicare enrollees themselves need to be aware of when they're contacted by an agent?
2: I think it's important that agents should not be going off and doing their own forms, their own different things, trying to get around the courtings. CMS is very clear that we need to record the calls. And just having someone fill a disclaimer to say, I don't want to record the call is not acceptable. And I'll be quite frank, if if enough agents start doing this, I think you're inviting someone to take a look at you, and it affects all of us agents. So make sure you're following the rules. And to that point, Maggie,
3: we also have the services available through carriers, FMOs, the services are there for you. So it's not like you're going to go out there and do this on your own. Utilize your partners who already have the technologies in place to do so. And it's, it's there. We just have to use it and get used to the process as we just mentioned. Um, I think, I think we can handle it. It's just, you know, it's a learning curve. And once you guys have your script, you just go through your normal process. And to that point, if there's a complaint filed, what are the chances that this wouldn't be beneficial to you? In most instances, if you're a broker doing your job, you have asked all the right questions from your customer. And in most instances, a complaint is simply, you know, something that was, you know, they forgot, you know, that you said something. And now you have proof that it was done correctly. So,
1: Well, thank you for that. And Maggie, you just mentioned uh, this a, a moment ago. Can you tell us about the disclaimer needed?
2: Well, that's a big change, and this is for all of your marketing material, and that includes your emails, your phone messages. So one of the important things, let me read it to you. I actually have it on my email now. It says, we do not offer every plan available in your area. Any information we provide is limited to those plans we do offer in your area. Please contact Medicare.gov or 1-800-MEDICARE to get information on all your options. So that statement needs to be included. So you're a lot of agents are nervous that people are going to jump right to Medicare. But honestly, if they're dealing with you as an agent, I think you can effectively mention to them, hey, I may not offer every plan, but I have a lot of great plans that most probably will meet your needs. So your relationship with the prospect and the client really comes into play.
3: Exactly. And the disclaimer You know, just like any other disclaimer we had prior to that, we just put it on the bottom with a bunch of other disclaimers. And keep in note, some people are confused about communications and marketing materials. Communications are different. So not necessarily every piece of material needs to have a disclaimer. If your business card is simply labeled as just documentation of who you are and this is your services, there is no disclaimer required on that. But if you say anything that pertains to marketing, like contact us to learn more or anything that's pushing for marketing that requires disclaimer.
1: Okay. I did not know that myself. So I'm glad you uh, actually brought that up because I was not aware of that. As you guys know, I'm not a Medicare uh, salesperson. I don't do Medicare at all. So that was very good information. Thank you, both of you. Uh, Let's talk about something that we've all been hearing a lot about in the news uh, lately, the Inflation Reduction Act. It has some very important updates for Medicare. For the first time, it requires the federal government to negotiate prices for some of those high-cost drugs that are covered under Medicare, and it requires drug companies to pay rebates if drug prices rise faster than inflation for Medicare. Would you like to expand on this for our listeners?
2: Sure, I'd be happy to. The important thing to realize is it's actually a year-by-year increment that's going on, that uh, things will be happening on this. So yes, it did give Medicare the right to negotiate for drugs. It starts now in 2023, but we won't really see the effect of that for several years from now. And it's basically on 10 drugs, and then they'll be adding more drugs later. I think the biggest change that affects this year on 1-1 is the change in the enrollment periods the SEPs and so forth, and I'm sure Rosemary will jump in with me on this. Um, It used to be if you signed up for your initial enrollment period after the first three months, in other words, during your birthday month and the three months following your birthday month, your effective date for your Medicare Part B would be delayed from one month to three months, and now it's going to be like special enrollment. It'll be the first of the month after you apply. So in other words, the rule was if you applied in three months prior to your birthday, your B would be effective the month of your birthday. So October 15th, it would be effective October 1. If you applied in October, your plan would not be effective, not November, but it would be December. There's a one-month delay and so on where you'd have two months or three months. Now it will be the first of the month following. So you apply in October, it'll be available in November. But this starts in January. The other big change was also for the general enrollment period. If someone didn't enroll in their Part B during their initial enrollment and they are coming in late, the general enrollment period is January, February, and March. And it used to be they didn't get their B till the following July. Now they'll get it the first of the month following their application. This is a major change. But always bear in mind that initial enrollment always overrules special enrollment. So that rule hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And one
3: other key thing that has been very helpful is the vaccinations that are going to be covered by Medicare now. So the shingle shot, that was a huge one for people. We're excited to see that one get pushed through as a covered item and a variety of other vaccinations that have been kind of like, why is this not covered by Medicare finally? (laughs) So... That, I mean, there's so many great things happening with the, you know, there's pros and cons to any legislation that comes through, but there are some really good things that are going to come out of this for Medicare.
2: That $2,000 doesn't come into play till 2025. So we're away from that. I know there were some ads on TV saying, wonderful, we've done this, but it's not for next year and it's not for the following year. It's for 2025. So, you know, there's some good things coming, but it's incremental. And I think Rosa Muria and I can share that so that could be put up on the KHIP website so people are aware of that. So we'll work with David and and Nathan and others to get that up on the k KHIP website for you.
1: Thank you very much for that and I will uh, also ask them if they want to post a copy of this uh, podcast on the k KHIP website as well. They're welcome to do that if they'd like to because it might be advantageous for them. Uh, thanks for the explanations. I really do appreciate it. Um, one more thing on the IRA. Can you update us on the cap on Medicare Part D, out-of-pocket expenses and insulin coverage?
3: So if you're talking about that cap it's In 2025, it's $2,000 out-of-pocket cap for Part D and other drug benefits, but that's in 2025, if that's what you're talking about. I believe that's what you're talking about, Maggie. Yeah, it doesn't happen until then. So, And who knows what we will see to come from that. But one positive thing I've seen is because of this, I've seen a lot of carriers have been lowering their maximum out-of-pocket limits for their Medicare Advantage plans this year. I think they're planning for this already as it's starting to happen because some of these guys already loaded like $2,000, and it was nice to see those uh, lower moves for these Medicare beneficiaries.
1: Well, thank you for that. And, yes, I was talking about that in 2025. Uh, Now I want to turn to the seniors themselves and some important things that they need to know. What can seniors do during open enrollment?
2: Well, I think the most important thing is actually – contact their agent and take a look at the plans. They need to provide their agent with their prescription drugs. If they don't work with an agent, they can, or they can work on Medicare.gov, but they need to look at the formularies to make sure that their plan covers their drugs. No, yeah,
3: Maggie's 100%. The drugs is everything. The pharmacy is another big thing. Pharmacies are working very closely with carriers and building out standard or preferred pharmacies. And I see a lot of changes there on a regular basis. And if you're doing mail order, your mail order company might change now. I mean, a lot of these companies are building out their branding differently. So just your agent knows what's going on already. Have a discussion, even if it's that you're going to stay on the same plan, just to understand what your new, what your plan will look like for 2023. Because There's so many things going on within the carriers that are making plans better, and maybe you have some enhancements to your plan. So you want to learn about the positive and the negative, right? Get your annual checkup with your
2: insurance agent.
1: (laughs) That's a good way to put it. So what are the most common questions that seniors have when they're signing up for Medicare for the first time?
2: I think most of them are scared to death. They hear so much about the penalties. They're so afraid that if they don't sign up now, they're going to be penalized the rest of their life. And yes, they could, but they need to understand that there's several different situations that maybe they don't need to sign up for Medicare. If they're working for a large company and they're on a plan that's creditable, in other words, it's equal to the minimum requirement by Medicare, and they're going to continue working, they don't need to go on to Medicare unless they want to go on to Medicare. And so they need to calm down don't panic, and really just take a look and share their situation with their agent so we can walk it through to say what makes sense to them so that they're not panicking. And also, a lot of the veterans don't realize that veterans' Part D coverage, drug coverage, is also creditable. So a good agent will be able to walk them through to understand that.
3: One other piece is Medicaid medi is changing in California, and all over the U.S., Medicaid is different. You know, depends on your state. Not every state auto-enrolls you in Medicaid when you apply for Medicare. There's two different types of Medicaid, so you have to be diligent in making sure you understand that if you're a consumer. You don't just magically go on to Medicaid when you go on Medicare for that new platform because it's different, Medicaid, for each state. It's not the same, so... Just FYI on that.
2: I just want to follow up. On the Medicaid, never before have we had as many choices for the person that's on Medi-Cal and, and Medicare. This year, you'll see expansion of plans, a lot of good options, and they don't have to be satisfied with the plan they're they're mapped into. This is the time for them especially to look to see, does this plan make the most sense for my needs, my doctors, my specialists? and those added benefits that I may need. So this is a great time for them and so important for their health and well-being.
1: Well, thank you for that. Now I'd like to focus on providing assistance to Medicare enrollees. And you you both have already uh, made some great comments on that. But, uh, you know, there have been so many changes and there are always changes that occur each and every year. It must be overwhelming to them. So for you, the Medicare enrollees that are listening, we're going to take some time here to kind of update you on what you need to know for this coming open enrollment season for coverage in 2023. So Maggie and Rosa Maria, what types of plans are now available for Medicare coverage?
3: Well, a couple of things, as you know, um, we have to wait until October 1st to officially offer you the details of each area. But in general, you all start to receive your annual notice of change letters basically about now and until the end of October 31st, you'll start to see these letters come in the mail for your prescription drug plans and for your Medicare Advantage plans. Medigap Your Medicare supplements, those are separate. They won't send an annual notice of change letter. Now, they only send it when the year is up for their renewal rate increase, if there's one, or if it's the same, they'll simply, you know, just send you premium notices as normal. So just an FYI on the different letters you're going to receive, look at them. They're important. They tell you what your plan's changes are. They tell you if your plan is migrating to a new plan. And that's important as well, as Maggie mentioned, the duels, the people who are on Medicaid and Medicare, they're going to get a lot of migration letters where they're going to get a letter saying, this is your plan now, and it's moving over to this plan, no action needed on your end. But things to know, same goes for the drug plans. Uh, We know there's a change happening with some carriers that are very important and national, and their drug plan is migrating to a new plan and so this stuff that's happening could affect your drug costs and your doctor list so if you go to a certain doctor it doesn't mean that they're going to be in the same plan that gets migrated and also you never know with these carriers if they change networks in any way you want to make sure you have reviewed that with your insurance agent to make sure your doctors are still in the plan you're going to get for 2023
2: anything else Maggie? Uh, a couple of things uh, one When you're meeting with the clients, it's so important that you mention that these drug formularies can change through the year, and so that they should understand what the uh, physician can do to call if their new drug is not covered. They can make an appeal to have the drug covered or to have a tear-lowering. So it's important that they understand that this is not locked in stone, that this can change within the year, and that's why it's important to keep in contact with your agent to help you. The second thing I want to touch on is Medicare supplements. This is also the time of the year if the individual decides they want to return to original Medicare from an MAPD plan. They may do so, but to go into a Medicare supplement plan, it may or may not be guaranteed issue. So they may be subject to underwriting, but it is in this time from October 15th to December 7th, those changes can also take place. Now, if there is a change to their benefits that costs them more out of pocket, depending on their situation, and if the current carrier offers a Medicare supplement, they may be able to go into that carrier's Medicare supplement Or if the change is greater than 15% on certain core benefits, they may go into any company's Medicare supplement. And that's where a knowledgeable agent can help guide those individuals who wanted to return to original Medicare and pick up a Medigap policy. On the other side, you can have people that are on a Medigap plan and say, oh, I can't take these high premiums anymore, or I want to make sure observation status is covered and on and on. And those people can actually, during the AEP, come into an HMO and try it for the first time. So there's a lot of options for individuals, and that's where a knowledgeable agent really can help guide them on their decision and their coverages.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, What are the types and differences in standalone prescription drug plans for Medicare? I know you guys have touched on this already, but uh, let's bring it on home for people. What are the differences in the types out there?
3: So essentially, there's two types of things to look at. There's Medicare Advantage and there's prescription drug plans. Those are open market options for people who are individuals applying for Medicare. If you are a group entity that has a group retiree type of plan, you may have options there still that you can keep even though you're on Medicare, you could potentially keep those group plans. When you're on Medicare Advantage plans, these drug plans have tiers, and so do the same with prescription drug plans. They're called standalone PDP plans. Uh, they have tiers, tiers one to six, seven, you know, it depends on the company. And your tier dictates what the cost will be for that drug. There are levels. There's uh, different tiers within the overall prescription drug plan. We have the initial coverage, deductible phase you know, uh, donut hole, catastrophic, you might have heard of these different terms. But essentially, that's just the high level parameters that CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services provides. Each carrier takes those numbers and then creates their plans with the standardized requirements and of course, tries to make their plan a little bit more competitive. So we look at the deductible. The deductible is going to dictate, you know, how much you're going to pay before your plan kicks in and covers you. And some of the plans will have a deductible for all tiers, but a lot of companies have been competitive and have been saying the deductible is not going to go towards maybe tier one or tier two, as an example. So that's why it's important you're working with a agent who understands the different plans and has technology to back them to review all the plans out there because there are so many plans in each state and the plans range according to your state and your county depending upon if you're selling, um, if you're looking for a Medicare Advantage plan. And a Part D is a statewide plan. So if the plan is in Florida, that plan's premium could be different and the plan's cost could be different in California. So you have to look at the plan's
2: as it relates to state and as well as county, depending upon what you're doing. I want to add a couple of things, too, and it it refers back to the Inflation Reduction Act. One of the important things as we're working with seniors, we want to make sure that they know that there is the availability of extra help or low-income subsidy. It's a program. It's not what you call a, a part of Medicaid. It's actually the components in there for people who are lower income. But people who have a lower income threshold actually may be able to apply for extra help, which means that could lower their drug costs substantially. That is found on Social Security, and any agent or anyone can help people to fill that out. And the exciting thing about the Inflation Reduction Act for 2023 is they've actually um, increased The threshold from 130% to 150% for applying for low income subsidy. And so that really does help a lot of our uh, folks that didn't before that may now be able to apply for extra help. So that's, that's an exciting thing that's coming up this coming year that, that we can talk about that's part of the program. And I think it's, it's, it's just important on the formularies to really Make sure you understand the difference. It's not just is the drug covered, but is it subject to step therapy? Is it subject to pre-authorization, especially the more expensive drugs? The other thing that that we agents can help with is there's many manufacturing programs and discount programs that are available as well. And so that's something to look at, although I'd be careful on a couple of them because they they tend to take and refer those people to other uh, insurance entities to sell. So you need to be careful on that. But there's a lot of good discount plans out there available and the manufacturing programs as well. So there's many, many ways that an agent can help people during this time frame and uh, just find what best fits their needs. And that's the term I always use is what best fits your needs so that you can get the coverage that meets your needs for the coming year. Well, thank you for
1: that. Well, we talked about, you know, what they can sign up for, you know, the types of plans that are offered. The big question to many seniors is how do I sign up? Can you give our listeners some advice on this?
3: Well, I mean, if you're working with an insurance agent, they will step you through the process and make it smooth. Usually, we have technology to do it online. Depending upon the consumer, if they feel that they want to do it in person and schedule an in person, there's paper applications you can submit. There's a variety of different ways you can do this if you have, you know, needs where you have hearing disability, you know, different types of software out there to do a voice recorded application. So it just depends on your needs. And exactly as Maggie mentioned, we want to know what your needs are, your concerns, and the process requires a scope of appointment. So if you're working with a broker, you usually have to fill out a document that allows for us to communicate and talk about what plans we're going to communicate about. So getting you a quote and such forth requires this document when we're offering Medicare Advantage or prescription drug plans. Then we go through the process of analysis. We're going to quote you, find a plan that fits your needs, go through the plans, benefits, explanation of benefits, summary of benefits, et cetera, and then enrollment is, you know, filling out a couple of questions. We're going to need to know your name, the common stuff, right? The demographic information. We're going to need your Medicare card so that we can verify your Medicare number, your Parts A and B effective date. We're going to need your Medicaid number if you're on Medicaid or Medi-Cal. And just understanding all of the different questions. There's a bunch of other questions depending upon the plan. But essentially, you can become effective for your plan according to your election period so if we're in the annual enrollment period, so sometime in October, we can apply for a plan October 15th and that will become effective January 1st of that next year 2023. Unless you have a special election period then we can apply earlier and get you an earlier effective date.
2: And during annual enrollment period, it is the last application that goes in that actually is the one that's effective as of January 1st, and we actually have another enrollment period called open enrollment period that is from January 1 till March 31st that applies only to Medicare Advantage plans, and we agents do not market during that time, but if you found you're on a plan or you change drugs and you go, oh, I really want to change, the senior may reach out to the agents and request a change up till March 31st. The standalone prescription drug plans are not included at this time for open enrollment period.
1: Well, thank you for those clarifications. Let's talk about Medicare supplement plans. Now, you guys have both kind of mentioned them uh, previously. What do these cover and why are they important?
3: Well, Maggie, if you'd like I'd start, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons why it's good. Uh, there's a lot of plans, A, B, D, G, G, high deductible, uh, F, high deductible, regular F, and I'll talk about when those people can get on an F or a high deductible F or a C. There's K, L, M, and N. So if you were eligible for Medicare prior to 2020, like you actually turned 65 prior to 2020 or you were eligible due to disability prior to 2020, you can get a C, an F, or a high deductible F still and moving forward. All the other options I mentioned, those plans are available to people after, you know, 2020 and moving forward. There are some older plans, the J's, the I's. Um, there, there's some older plans that are out there in the market, but you can't get them anymore. If you have it, you're grandfathered in. Um, but, you know, there's so many different things to look at with these plans. Ultimately, the goal of the plans is to help cover what Medicare Part A and B's costs the 20% don't cover. And these plans will be there for additional servicing to cover those percentages. Depending upon the plan, there'll be more coverage that covers those 20%. So for example, right now, if you look at what is the plan that covers the most, it's going to be the plan G. And the plan G pretty much covers everything that parts A and B would cover minus the deductible for part B. So there's a deductible of $233 that you have to pay before the plan kicks in. And then all of the other plans that come in will have other different benefits that might be a little less than the G, but they kick in and cover some costs. And it's pretty much broken down when you review it with the broker. Anything else, Maggie, think you would like to add to
2: that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Medicare supplements, they're, they're, they offer coverage. They wrap around Medicare A and B as, as Rosa Maria said. They cover the, the deductibles and copays except for some plans don't cover the part B deductible. But with these plans, you may go to any provider, any doctor, hospital, lab that accepts Medicare for services. So you don't have a network. This especially works well for somebody that has specialists with several physician groups, or they travel, they're snowbirds. Or if they're from Arizona to San Diego, we call them zonies, where they come over in the summer months. But for those people, Medicare supplements make a lot of sense. And there is a premium. It's here in California. It's not based on male-female, but based on where you live, your zip code, and your age. And the premiums typically increase every year. And it's important to note that the basic plans themselves are the same from company to company, but there's a few that are offering some vision and hearing benefits. They're called extra or innovative, and some of them may offer you some additional benefits like discounts and that, but the core benefits of the plans are exactly the same. The exciting thing in California and a couple other states, and Nevada has now joined us, is that there is a birthday rule. So our people on Medicare supplements also can change their plans each year. And a couple of years ago, along with that 2020 change, the plan change came in, that people can change their plans within 60 days on or following their birthday. So it's important for the Medicare supplement people each year to review their plans make a decision if they want to change to ones with vision and hearing, and just look at the rates so that time, the birthday time, is for them to change, but they don't need to. They they have the plan, and it can't be canceled unless they don't pay their premiums or the company goes out of business. So a lot of protection for people on Medicare supplements. But remember, they don't cover the drugs. People have to have a separate standalone prescription drug plan. Well,
1: thank you for that. And I think I already know the answer to this based on some of the comments that were made earlier. But is it true that Medicare supplement plans aren't available to everyone? So,
3: if you mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, the Medicare 2020 people who have been on Medicare prior to 2020, they're eligible to get the C, the F, and the high deductible F. But anyone after that cannot get those plans because it's not allowed. There's a rule called macro that came into effect and that basically got rid of single payer premium type of plans, which in return, they have great options with the G anyways and other, you know, great plans in the market, but they're not eligible to get those older plans. Another thing is if you have to go through underwriting and you are un- ineligible because of your health condition, you may not be able to get one of the plans in your
2: market. And so there's, you know, things like that to consider. But it's important to note, not all companies have the same underwriting rules. So that's where an experienced agent can really help the senior to take a look and see, well, maybe you don't meet this company's requirements, but in this case, you probably do. But some of the ones, typical knockout questions are, have you had been treated for cancer in the last two to five years? Those are definite knockout questions. But again, you know, they look at the drugs, they look at that, but it doesn't mean that underwriting will automatically get you a no. That's where you work with a knowledgeable agent who knows those underwriting rules and can work with you on those.
1: Well, thank you. Um, As we all know, many employer plans continue to offer coverage to all of their full-time employees, even if they're over the age of 65. So what are the options uh, if they are still working and over 65?
3: So what are their options is they can stay on the group plan, right? They have no reason to come off of it if it's still working for them. Um, but if they want to find an option and they're still working, they can apply for Medicare depending upon the employer. Some employers are going to require them to go on to Medicare because of their, if they're a large group, depending upon their situation. Uh, but they'll have to apply for Part B, let's say. So. They can get Medicare Advantage, they can get Medicare Supplement, they can get Part D plans. They're eligible for all the plans that are out there for individuals once they apply for Medicare Parts A and B. They become eligible for Medicare, they become eligible for these other options. If they're eligible for Medicaid, they're able to keep the Medicaid and apply for the new one with, you know, going on to group benefits.
2: So, again, it's important to talk with their agent. Because it depends on the situation. If they're not under a health savings account plan, if they're working for an employer with 20 or more employees, the plan is creditable, You know, minimum coverage required by Medicare, they're fine. They don't need to go on Medicare and pay that extra $170.10 a month. However, if they're going into a retiree plan with a carrier, thou shalt get Medicare. There are some thou shalts in Medicare. If you are in Covered California... Covered California doesn't do the subsidy. You can't enroll into Covered California. You shall go on Medicare. And if you're on an individual plan, thou shalt go on Medicare. And COBRA, COBRA is not creditable. And so you're turning 65, thou shalt go on Medicare. So there are some thou shalts. But otherwise, if you're working for a large employer, the plan is creditable. You want to stay on the employer plan, stay in the employer plan and come out on special enrollment and don't worry about The penalties wouldn't apply in that situation. But just to do a checkup with the agent, make sure everything's lined up so that you are well covered and know what your options are. If you're going to retire in two and a half years, you need to know when you need to raise your hand to Medicare and Social Security and say, I want my Medicare, but (laughs) they don't need to jump to it immediately.
1: Well, thanks for that. Uh, And what are the pros and cons? I know you've already mentioned some of them, but what are the pros and cons of dropping off of a group plan and signing up for Medicare?
3: Well, some of the cons is if you're at a higher income level, it may not make sense to because your Irma rate will be higher. So your premium for part B as in boy and your D as in David could go up and that could maybe for some reason make not, make no sense for them. So you want to take a look at that and see if, you know, all of your costs that you have for your employer plan, if you look at those and then you compare them to going on to Medicare, is it worth going on to Medicare at this point in time. And then, of course, if you have you know a plan that's not credible coverage, well, you have to go through that process. So just really understanding what you're getting with going on to Medicare and making sure that you're doing it at the proper timeframes. As Maggie mentioned, if you have COBRA, that's not credible. So applying for Part B later will give you a penalty. And then, of course, 63 days from getting your Part B, you need to you know, losing your credible coverage, you need to, in 63 days, get a drug plan or you will have a penalty. So just the deadlines is where, I know it sounds like we mentioned earlier, is frightens seniors a little bit because it's like, what's all these different deadlines? Just if you're working with someone who's knowledgeable, they know the guidelines and you just
2: got to work through those together. I, I think one of the things confuses people that people say, oh, you lose your coverage from an employer. You've got eight months to sign up for Medicare Part B. Yes, you do. But to get Medicare Advantage and prescription drug coverage, you got 63 days, folks. So there's different time frames that come within that. Also, I think people look on leaving their employer plans. I'll be honest: uh, drug coverage may not be as rich under Medicare because we have the three coverage stages, and all the plans have the initial the uh, no coverage which actually has coverage and then we have the uh, catastrophic. And so every plan has that. You don't have that on employer plans. And a lot of times on the employer plans the vision and the the dental and hearing plans may be richer uh, compared to the individual uh, Medicare plans. but I think as far as hearing and vision they're starting to increase quite a more. So maybe the dental options aren't quite the same. So those are some of the things we look at as well. But sometimes when people can stay on the employer vision and hearing plans and dental, but come over to Medicare for the other coverage. So everybody's different. Everybody has different needs. And just one thing is if you come off the group insurance,
3: sometimes you can't go back on. So that's one of the big things with make sure you do the choice correctly because some employers will say, I can't get you back on, you're, you're
2: off of it, you're off the good. And retirees, is, retiree plan especially. And also you have to double check if somebody's on a retiree plan, wants to come off of the company's retiree plan, you have to make sure the medical and the retiree benefits aren't linked together, that they can separate coverage that way. So that's another thing we look at as well.
1: Well, thank you for all that great information. So what should a senior be looking for if they're looking for an agent to assist them? Well,
3: I would say start with someone who's a member of Nahu because agents who are representing Nahu understand a lot more than agents that don't from experience. And I know that's a very frank answer. Uh, But in my opinion, working with brokers in the market, the ones that are Nahu members are knowledgeable because they have value-added value added understanding of the rules before they are in put into effect they're understanding a lot of what's going on in their local chapters which is affecting their local communities and consumers um and then also just in general when you're working with a broker uh do they have a website do they have a you know professional looking you know setup with their business because if people are not set up correctly, they're not in HIPAA you know, compliance, and they're not also showing that they are someone credible to you. Uh, and, and I take that because you do get a lot of phone calls from call centers and third-party outsourced entities who are not insurance agents, who do not have an understanding of the knowledge and the services that are eligible to you. They may just focus on one thing. And not be knowledgeable of all of the different things that affect you in your situation. Um, really also focusing with an agent who can say they understand your, they're taking time to understand your needs and support you in asking you, what is your medication list? Who are your doctors? They're asking you questions that are of value to you and your needs.
2: I think the other thing is you need to double check what does the agent represent? If you get someone that represents only one company, they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. They're just going to force it. They're not going to take a look at your needs and and benefits. The other thing is, how many companies does that agent represent? Do they really understand the difference in that? You want somebody that, as I agree with Rosemaria, member of, of the National Association of Health Underwriters, we have a high level of ethics. We follow those rules. We take care and protect our clients and other agents as well. And as I tell people, agents aren't going to know the answer to everything, but what you want to hear is, let me check and find out for you because we don't want off-the-cuff answers or I assume it is because you know what assume is and that's dangerous territory. So a knowledgeable agent, a referral from other folks is great. And anytime you get a phone call from somebody and you did not give that person specifically permission to call you, Hang up or say, I'd like your license number so I can share it with CMS and then hang up because you should not be receiving any phone calls from someone that you have not given specific permission to do so.
1: Well, thank you for that. And uh, what do seniors need the most help with and how can an agent assist them with those things?
3: You mentioned the prescriptions. Uh, the prescriptions are the biggest one because they change every year. And within the year, a drug company could actually take that prescription off the formulary. And then they have 90 days or so to choose another drug that might be covered. So having understanding of your drugs and having a good person that you can go to as your uh, agent would be great because those are the two things I feel that most uh most concerned brokers and consumers. I mean, on a regular basis, my agency gets calls every single day for casework, and a lot of them have to do with the medications. Uh, another one is simply authorization requests, understanding, you know, how to do a prior authorization, how to get a doctor to approve something, and just understanding those boundaries with your insurance carrier and your carrier. It's not always the carrier's fault. Sometimes it's merely something that has to be done within the provider offices and just understanding what are the different, you know, departments that handle each of those routes. So if you don't want to know those clients, make sure you have a broker that knows because they pretty much know where to go to get that service for you.
2: Yeah. It's, it's mainly to think about agents are here to help. I mean, we can help them maneuver through who's, who's the doctor groups, who has what connection to what Uh, physician groups, what, uh, hospitals, what services, because it is complex and it's growing day by day. The other big thing, especially for the new people to really understand the enrollment periods, if and when they should enroll. And I think walking them through. So unlike that one lady I met with a few years ago who wound up with four years of penalties because somebody told her she could stay on her individual plan. And when you add it up, that's $15,000 in fines that she would pay by the age of 85 taken away from her retirement plan. So this is financial, folks. And we just have to make sure that people understand their options and know they have some great ones and know when to enroll and what plans to go into.
1: Well, thanks so much. I'm afraid we're out of time. And thanks for being with me today, you guys. And thanks for all of the great information.
2: Thank
3: you so much, Dorothy. I had a lot of fun doing this with Maggie. And, of course, Medicare is here, open enrollment period, AEP. So looking forward to helping people understand their options. And it's a lot of new things happening. But, you know, if you guys have questions, you know, you can reach out to Dorothy or uh, my information. I'm actually on LinkedIn, Rosa Maria Marujo. My company is Trusted American Insurance Agency. You can find us online at brokers.taia.us or just
2: taia.us, whatever's easier. Thank you. And I'm always delighted to help too. I'm stetinsuranceservices.com and Service. or you can call me anytime. I'm also on LinkedIn and and just happy to help any way I can. You also can find me on the NAHU website under Margaret Stet, S-T-E-D-T and San Clemente, California. So let me know. But and if I don't know the question, I probably know somebody who does. <laughs>
1: I'll bet you do. I, I'm sure most of the time, both of you will know exactly what to, ha- you know, how to respond to those questions because I've uh, obviously I've heard you guys speak on Medicare for many, many times. Well, my next question was going to be, how do they reach out to you if they need help? But you guys have already provided that information. So again, Maggie Stett, Rosa Maria, thank you guys very much for being with me today. And to everybody else out there, please stay safe, stay healthy, and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Benefits. Executive Roundtable. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Dorothy.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for compliance tips, cost containment ideas, new trends, and decision-making tools. This podcast is produced by Advanced Benefit Consulting, Anaheim, California. All views expressed are those of the host or interviewees and not necessarily those of Advanced Benefit Consulting. Information contained herein should not be construed as legal advice. We always recommend that you consult with your legal counsel as situations do vary. Ms. Koshu can be reached at 714-693-9754 extension 3, toll free at 866-658-3835, or visit our website at advancedbenefitconsulting.com.